TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Biggs. Biggs time. Biggs. With money and haw. Biggs time. The Biggs Report. With Brad Biggs. Biggs time. Biggs. His name is Brad Biggs. Brad Biggs talks football with you. Bully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Brad Biggs, the football man of the Chicago Tribune. Longtime contributor to the station and a valued friend. And he joins us now on the score hotline powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Big Zay. Morning, Brad. Morning, boys. What's going on? Well, uh, you're on the story. You're uh, you're out there. You're watching everybody leave. You're seeing the signs planted, and your uh, your takeaway is very interesting. It's about how the Bears have to approach this off season, and and I got to tell you, I thought it was very well done, and I really appreciated uh, you pointing that out because it is just one of these off seasons that is going to be instrumental in the future of this team. No doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's big. And that's why the, I, I chuckled a year ago when folks said it was the most important off season in bears history. Like the current off season is always probably going to be the most important one, but they've got a lot more, uh, to decide and filter through as they uh, presumably go behind closed doors this morning and hash a lot of things out. And it, it it is difficult for all teams to have, I think, the kind of honest and sober conversations that are required about the roster, about um, the trajectory of what you've got going on, because there's so much of an emotional investment in what's happening. So that probably takes a unique skill that not everyone possesses to go through uh, that process and and reach a determination uh, at the end of it that is truly going to put the team in the best position possible as you look at 2024. And Brad, I wondered this, Brian Poles, He's visible. He's around the team a lot. And I think that as an executive, he almost uh, views things still through the prism, or at least from from maybe the outside looking in, like a player. And those relationships, I think, are valuable, and they are understandable because he is young. This is his first job. 
I guess I'm asking, do you have an idea or what is your thought on whether or not how capable he is of removing emotion from the equation the way that so many cutthroat executives have to in a cutthroat business? Yeah, I I think he can pull it off. I, I really do. Um, because just you hear him talk. I mean, he's real He's real measured. And, and even if you just have a, you know, a passing conversation with him, he, he strikes me as being pretty grounded. So I mean, we'll, we'll have to see, right? The proof's going to be in the results. And when I say results, I'm not talking about does the coach stay or the coach go or what do they do here? I mean, the results ultimately are going to be wins and losses, and that's down the road, and that's, that's big picture, and you're not grading the GM uh, for his record after two seasons or, or you're not putting a lot of weight into it anyway. We're not ignoring it. But um, that that's the ultimate test here, and it, it's going to be really interesting because – if they move on from Eberflus, and I said if, that, that'll be the second coach hire for Ryan Poles. Not a lot of GMs get number three unless they've uh, had some established winning going on, right? Or there's something really outside the box. So a lot to go through here, um, not just with the coach, but with the roster. Because he, those honest conversations, I, I truly believe one of the big things here is you know, what's what's the trajectory of this position group? How do we feel about that position group? You know, what have we gotten from the coaches in the uh, developmental stages with, with what's one of the younger rosters in the league? Uh, Brad, we had a conversation about, um, about Justin Fields earlier in the program and the idea, did the season finale – um, somehow impact his trade value. In other words, you know, we know he didn't play great in the season finale, but he had been playing significantly better. He had a really good game, maybe his best game against Atlanta. And then you come back and you, you the takeaway from the final game of the year is that uh, Jordan loves a pretty good quarterback. It, it really wasn't about fields. And I wonder – does that follow him onto the trade market should they decide to trade him? I don't think so. I don't think, uh, you know, if, if conversations go in that direction, say in mid to late March, I, I don't see anyone sitting in their office, office uh, taking a look at fields and just being stuck on week 18 game film against the Packers. I, I think one of the real problems that has existed around here uh, for a while is this um, insatiable appetite for a weekly referendum on Justin Fields. And it, you know, it was, he, he was going to be the guy after they carved up uh, the Falcons and, and, uh, you know, you heard it and you recognize that he played a great game, but you try to take a step back about where was this chatter last week when he threw for 35 yards in the second half, against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, he threw for 166 yards the week before that at Cleveland. So um, I just think there's been way, way too many 
uh, twists and turns and the roller coaster for people who want to make a judgment on where the quarterback's at on a weekly basis that um, that we kind of get sucked into this thought of, well, what are they going to be able to get for him? I don't think that uh, 11 of 16 for a buck 48 at Lambeau Field is going to uh, negatively impact his trade value. And I don't think, uh, you know, the week before uh, when they blow out the Falcons by 20 points and, and he throws for 268 yards and, and uh, runs for a score and throws for another score, I don't, I don't think that gave a uh, huge boost to his trade value either. I, people are going to look at the overall body. And um, right now, You've got a large group of quarterbacks that could be somewhere in that uh, first round and maybe early two range. Uh, you're going to have some other veteran quarterbacks that are going to be out there. I don't know that Justin Fields is going to be plan A for any team if the Bears look to move on from him. He could he will certainly be traded if they want to do that, but I think other teams are going to look at other options first. Like he's he's a Plan B or a Plan C guy, I would I would think. So that suggests this is going to take a long time. Maybe no, I you know uh, well, until draft day will we know? I mean, uh, won't not, we... not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily because if because you know a team could go through. Listen, you, a team could realize it's not going to be in a position to draft a guy at once, okay? Well, if we're not there, what what are our options? And they and they could go through their options and say, okay, well, let, let's see what the price is here. Let's talk about it because, obviously, the, you know, the sooner a team kind of has its quarterback situation set, the more comfortable it's going to be. And now, could it, could it take until draft weekend? Sure, that's possible. Uh, could they keep him? Yeah, that's uh, possible as, as well. But uh, maybe we'll get some clarity sometime, you know, after free agency starts. I I don't know. There's no if they if the Bears determine, yeah, going to move on from him and take a guy at one. There's no reason to hold on to him. There's no reason to play a leverage game at one if you're going to use the top pick on a quarterback who, who there's just so many scenarios they could trade down from one and still take a quarterback and keep fields. They could trade down from one, still take a quarterback um, and, and keep fields. You know, I, it just, it could go a million different ways. Ham is the assistant to Ryan Poles. He was sitting next to him at the Lambeau press box like he does every game. I just wonder, he's been rumored or reported to be a candidate in Washington. Other teams are likely to do uh, the same kind of thing in terms of pursuing him for an interview. What is his role and how much does Ryan Poles need him? And and I guess the other part of that is if he does go, the Bears benefit from that, right? Don't they get a third-round pick for compensation? If Ian Cunningham was to be hired uh, by another club as a general manager, the Bears would get uh, two third-round compensatory picks. One would be in this year's draft, and one would come in 2025. Uh, so, yeah, that would be a benefit. And uh, you know, the bigger benefit is, hey, that's 
Poles has an incredible relationship with that guy. You want to see your friends uh, be able to rise through the ranks and and, and get an opportunity to run uh, their own franchise. But yeah, then, then the bonus of uh, a couple mid-round picks would help the Bears. Ian Cunningham interviewed uh, for GM jobs in Arizona and Tennessee during the cycle last year, ultimately turned down an offer from uh, the Cardinals. So will he look at opportunities that are before him a little differently this year? We'll see. We'll see how many uh, teams wind up uh, wanting to talk to him. Yeah, it, it would be a loss if he were to leave, but I think Poles has got a nice mix around him of people he's had experience working with previously in his career, people he hasn't worked with uh, previously that he's certainly developed relationships with. So, you, you you know because you want to have you you want to have ideas you want to have uh, perspectives that are different and uh, Cunningham when he was hired was able to bring with him some experience in the front offices in Philadelphia and Baltimore a couple of pretty uh, successful franchises so I'm sure Poles and Cunningham in the short period of time that they've worked together probably learned uh, a good deal from one another. When we when we consider all the options, you know, obviously the Bears have done they did very well with the uh, with the 2023 first round draft pick trade to Carolina, and I, you know I think they did well even if they don't get the number one overall pick. But the fact that they got the number one overall pick is pretty extraordinary when you think about that deal. Um, would they get a similar haul, or could they get more if uh, if the quarterback is a more appreciated and and um, highly thought of player? So I mean, they'll do their due diligence, and they'll have to look at all the quarterbacks, and they'll have to look at character and signability, all that stuff. But could they end up with a bigger ransom than they got a year ago? Yeah, I I see a lot of conversation about that, and it's certainly possible, but the number one variable in that equation is where are you going to, right? Last year they went from number one to number nine, and then they traded down again from there. If the Bears were to trade from one to 12, I guarantee they'd get a a bigger haul. Uh, If they go from one to um, three, I struggle to believe that they're going to get more compensation than they did a year ago. And I will tell you this, if there's more compensation on the table to, to trade down to three, than they got a year ago at nine, they better think about the quarterback that three, which is the Patriots right now uh, are coming up to get like, why would they pay this exorbitant price? Uh, if they go from one to six with the Giants, yep, maybe. If it, if the Giants are really driven, I suppose that's uh, a possibility. But that trade last year with the Panthers is going to be the gift that continues to give for the Bears. And there's no reason to really focus on it now at all. But they've got a 2025 pick that's in the second round coming from Carolina next year. 
And just look right now. I mean, the Panthers are hiring a new GM. They're going to hire a new coach. The roster was not good this year. I mean, that pick could sit, I don't know, 33 to 38 range right now overall and 25. So it the, the trade will really be the gift that continues to give. In your perspective and experience, uh, I, I want to know how you would frame this, this conversation. Jim Harbaugh accomplished all that he can at Michigan last night by winning a national title. He left the door open post game to returning to the NFL as a coach. Obviously we know his past with the bears. Obviously, you know, that he is, is respected in in league circles. What's the right way to frame this conversation when it pertains to Jim Harbaugh coaching the bears? You got to find out if he wants to go to the NFL. Who everybody thought he was going to the NFL last year, right? And the year before, I think there was a feeling that he was going to go to the NFL. And so it's sort of become an annual thing uh, in early January. What What's Jim Harbaugh going to do? Is he Is he going to jump back into the league this time? Or is he going to stay at Michigan, considering uh, that the Wolverines won the title? Super impressive victory last night. Really uh, dominated that game in a, in a lot of different areas. Uh, with potential sanctions coming down at Michigan for investigations. Is the time now right for him to jump out and and head to the league? It it could be. Will there be a level of interest from the Bears? I don't know. Will Jim Harbaugh want uh, his own hand-picked guy as a a general manager? I don't know the answer to that uh, either. Uh, So you there'd be some things that you would need to uh, figure out. I would, I wouldn't think the bears would be the favorite for Harbaugh. If he does uh, head to the league, the bears don't have an opening right now, but um, I, I would think um, the bears would not be the favorite, but who, who knows with like, he's, he's an impossible guy to predict because the last two years, um, People people thought he was gone. I mean, in Ann Arbor, in the football program, they thought he was gone here recently, and uh, and he's back, and they and they win a national title. Brad, I'm curious. You've done stories on Caleb Williams, on Drake May. You uh, have started the process. I I would doubt you're very far into it, though. Um, what would you do? If you have this number one pick, is there a better option than Justin Fields? Is Caleb Williams a generational talent that people are have been waiting on? What uh, What is your thought right now uh, before you have the deepest of dives? Yeah, I think you've got to. I think you've got to get all your questions answered about Caleb Williams on the field, off the field. Like, where are you at with him uh, as a prospect? Where are you at at him to be at the premier position uh, on your football team and in your locker room? How do you believe he's going to fit? And if and if you think he's a match, I I, I think that that's what they do. They they end up taking him uh, at number one, but it's going to take a long, long time for them to. Uh, to get there and it's going to take a lot of work by a lot of different people and um, 
you, you got to do you got to do your work on the other guys as well. Um, it, that's why the next uh, several months are, are going to be really interesting. Uh, first thing the Bears have got to do is uh, tie a bow on the season and, and make it clear what direction they're headed uh, in the future with the coaching staff. Yeah, when that will come? Any clarity? No, no idea. I, I, they're meeting today. You know, are we going to get some? Uh, are we going to get an announcement later today that there will be something tomorrow? I, I don't know. Great stuff, Brad. Appreciate your time. Have a great day, guys. That is our guy, Brad Biggs. He's the football man of the Chicago Tribune. And I don't think you need to know by tomorrow. I would like to know by Thursday. I mean, I'm just saying, you've got a lot of work in front of you, and if you've made a decision, you better make it quick. Which one do you want to hear first? Do you want to hear the confidence in the head coach or the moving on from the offensive coordinator or just anything beyond those two things I think we're not going to get on this week no. or this month? Uh, I, I would like to know, um, I, I guess, give me the bad, you know, you got some good news and some bad news. You can give me the bad news first. How's that? I, Whoever's going, I, I mean, yeah. it's it's the same sentence. Hey, we're sticking with the coach, but we're changing the offensive coach. Whatever it might be, it's it's all one sentence. Just blurt it out. I think we'll talk about that when we come back because I, I don't think that they're as close to moving on from Matt Eberflus as maybe some people have suggested. Oh, yeah, I don't either. Luke Getzey, different story. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that next. It's Mully and Hodge, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, yeah. I love Flus. Smart. He's innovative. Uh, he, he listens to his players. Uh, he trusts his gut and he trusts his players, man. So, yeah, I love to see Flus black. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to the score. That is Montez Sweat, and he's talking about his feelings for Matt Eberflus. Eberflus, the Bears head coach, and everyone kind of believes 
that um, that he's going to remain that that uh, that it'd be unlikely that the um, that the Bears were to make a move at the um, at the head coaching position, and I think the, there's there's many reasons that that's interesting, but maybe the maybe the most interesting part of that, David, is that it seems fairly apparent that the Bears are going to be drafting a new quarterback. And if you are drafting a new quarterback, you want to make sure that your timeline syncs up. So your head coach and, – and if the head coach is back, David, and the offense coordinator isn't, then it's the head coach's job to hire the new offensive coordinator. He is supposed to be the guy that hires the complimentary coach to go with him. And, and um, I don't know who that would be, but I do think there are some intriguing possibilities. I also wonder if you're going to try to help him hire his coordinator. You know, the last coordinator he hired is Luke Getze. And we've talked quite a bit about Getze and his scheme and his ideas not meshing with Justin Fields. So do you then have to help Lucy if indeed you're changing offense coordinator? I don't know what you mean by help him. Uh, do you mean you're the guy for him? Yeah. Well, I, I, I think if you're going to, if you're going to after two seasons reinvest in your head coach, it is because you believe in him. And so if you believe in your head coach in Matt Eberflus, you're embracing continuity. You're saying that you believe in the, you know, in the culture he's created as much as he has uh, said he believes in it. You're listening to players like Montez Sweat. It is interesting that I wonder how much weight the words from Montez Sweat or players on a coach uh, are weighed heavier than when players talk about a quarterback. I, I do think there's a difference, but it is significant. We can't just dismiss what it means when they talk about Justin Fields and say, oh, look what they're saying about Matt Eberflus. I, I know that there's a distinction, but I'm not sure there's a difference. I think with Matt Eberflus that, yeah, I mean, obviously, that's what everybody says. You, you're going to be starting over potentially with a rookie quarterback. What does that mean? Would anybody want to come to work for a defensive-minded head coach? I think it would be a terrific job and challenge, and you could find somebody out there that is out of work or has success in the past or it just is you know, capable for the job. It is a, an appealing job for a team that has a defense, uh, it, it, the number one overall draft pick, maybe rookie quarterback, and a head coach is going to give you autonomy to run your system. Yeah, I, I just I just think it's easier to get a defensive guy when you have an offensive head coach than the other way around. I I, I think that the defensive guys are easier to kind of I want to play this style of football. The offensive guys they are, you know, I, I mean, what is Dave's line, you know, everybody tells you they want to run the ball but no one really wants to. I, I, but I, I don't know that the, the Bears, you know, they, they kind of they kind of made that determination when they hired Matt Eberflus. He has two years left on his contract. I think it's unlikely, as we wait for confirmation, it's unlikely that they would fire him without having a more obvious, clear-cut plan. I don't think they would fire Matt Eberflus and then go back into the, 
let's go interview every hot coordinator. Let's go see who's on the retread pile. I think if you fire Matt Eberflus at this stage, it is because you have a targeted approach and, and a plan to hire, say, Jim Harbaugh or whoever it is, you know, the the Craig Council approach. That would be the way that I think we we – we end up with Matt Eberflus getting fired. That's why I don't expect it because I don't think yes, they thought, thought that either. far ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly think that Eberflus is going to come back. I mean, I haven't heard anything contrary to that. What I am wondering is when you have a, um, when you have a new quarterback, do you want to make sure that that is in, in step in lockstep with your head coach? And if you're hiring, um, if you're keeping a coach because he's got two years left on his contract and he's been uh, with modest success, if you're redoing the coach, the, the quarterback position, would you not want to maybe look at all of the options? I, I suppose that, that that's a good point, but I don't think that they probably look at it that way. I, I think that if if I'm – if I'm Ryan Poles and, and, and Kevin Warren, and I, I think it's just it's, it's where's your starting point? As a, if, what's your premise? Our premise on the outside is, my God, they've got a defensive-minded head coach. They're about to draft a rookie quarterback. We see all kinds of examples where that doesn't work because their clocks aren't synced, right? All right, that's us. Here's them. They're looking at it inside the building. We hired this guy for a reason. We see things you don't see. We believe in his ability to keep, you know, to keep the boat steady when the when the seas are rocky or choppy. See that all those things because that's what they lived through this year. We can poke fun at that and we can scrutinize that, but from their vantage point, they don't see anything but Matt Eberflus leader. And I think in that context, they're more likely to say, "Well, if we're reinvesting hope and faith in him because this is our guy, we trust him to go out and get an offensive-minded uh, coordinator, play caller, the, to sync with the quarterback, and we're all going to be on the same page here. Matt Eberflus is going to be a better head coach in his third season. These guys are going to win with him, and we're all going to go to the playoffs together. Yeah, I, I understand that that optimism. I do. But I think that when you look at the way the Bears have operated, right, so – you know, we're going to keep these guys around. We, You know, we don't really – we really would prefer to fire them. But, you know, it's COVID. We got to keep we'll, – we'll, we'll let them have another year to prove that they should stay. Oh, and by the way, if you want to go out and get a quarterback, feel free. And and then you, then you are now out of sync with the coach and the and – the, the general manager and the quarterback because they got to go. Now you got a quarterback, so you got to go hire someone else to work with the quarterback and the coach that you hired, hired a, an offensive coordinator that a lot of people believe was not the guy to hire given the quarterback you had. Well, we're all scarred by that. I mean, I think we're affected by that. The, the, the precedent doesn't speak well about the, for the future because – of the Bears have made mistakes in the past. I, I just I, I think that with this specific case, this offseason, Kevin Warren is the new element. We just don't know what he thinks and how his impact will 
shape these decisions moving forward. I don't think that it's impossible for it to work. I, I don't because I'm not going to sit here and say, well, you know what, I think they should move on from, from quarterback because you have a transcendent talent at number one overall if Caleb Williams doesn't reveal, if you don't, can't find anything, any reason not to draft him. I, I don't want to be the guy that says, okay, you got to go all in and draft him, but it's not going to work because you kept your head coach. I, I think that tremendous transcendent players can overcome a lot of things. Not that necessarily there's anything to overcome, but I do think it could work if, as long as you do have that number one overall pick and you're taking the guy that everybody wants. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I guess that's an interesting way of looking at it. I, I just, I think you're right. I think that there is a certain amount of scarring from watching the way they have failed to kind of, I just think if you're going with a different quarterback than you ought to, kind of tear the whole damn thing down to the point where you are bringing in a uh, a different person to um, to sort of a different power structure to make sure the quarterback works. If you take a quarterback with the number one overall pick, you need to make that work, period, end of story. You just need to figure out how to make that work. And, um, and, and I mean, if you don't – if you if – you, if you start the thing the wrong way, right? I mean, you, I don't have a ton of faith in, in Matt Eberflus's understanding of what kind of offensive coordinator you need for the quarterback you have because he hired Luke Getze, and that combination of Luke Getze and Justin Fields never worked. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he, he certainly has that against him, and he hasn't earned – the benefit of the doubt because that was a that was not a good uh, experience, and I think that's why that will be the news. We probably if there, if we get any news this week, it will be Luke Getze um, moving on. I, I can't I can't conceive any possibility or scenario where he stays because I think if he stays, then you're suggesting maybe Justin Fields would stay too, and I can't see them running it all back. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Let's try Frank. Frank's in Western Springs. Hey, Frank. Good morning, guys. Um, I and I think I'm, I'm probably speaking for more than majority of, of Bears fans. And I'm just—it's purely just thoughts and aggravation because you know the Bears are the middle ground. You know, we we work. We do this, we do that, and we love the Bears. Everyone comes together in Chicago and loves the Bears. So it's it's sickening, okay, that we are at it again. You know, and I think it's so hurtful as a diehard Bear fan because our nemesis, Green Bay, again, right? 100%. Jordan Love is a generational talent, going to be an unbelievable quarterback, following in the footsteps, going back as far as Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, another one, right? The same coaching staff for years, successful. What is it? And you know what? I find myself, baseball is my thing, but with any sport, I'm pretty knowledgeable, okay? I I don't know. It's like a mental block of what goes on in the Bears organization. It... uh... They do have a, a history and tradition of, of finding the wrong quarterback, and I think I understand why that influences people to make sure or to make them feel like they're going to do it again. 
that I mean, there's a lot of frustration out I there. I get it. I get it. All right, we've uh, we've got to get to Coach Wanstead. He's going to lead us through this. I'll be very curious to get Dave's thoughts on the national championship and, of course, uh, on what's happening with the Bears, and we'll do that next. It's Molly and Hawn, the score. Dave Wanstead, Bears head coach for six seasons. The Bears. The Bears. Super Bowl champion. He has the greatest mustache you've ever seen. Some say it's a symptom of manliness. Others a cause, the mustache. When he hanging out with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Open up the door, it's Dave. Who? Dave, D-A-V-E. Dustin, I, we're not going to waste airtime on that, okay? Thank you. Next question, <laughs> Thank you. next question, Thank you next very question. Much. Dave Wednesday. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. It's always a delight to talk to Coach Wanstead. And, uh, and Dave, I would imagine you spent a lot of time watching the national championship game, and, and you're feeling pretty good for Jim Harbaugh this morning. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I pulled out the uh, Michigan sweatshirt that, uh, that I got from Jim, and uh, – I'm, I'm wearing it proudly. Uh, there's a lot of pride here this morning. Absolutely. Great win for Jim. And, and you know what's what's really uh, neat about this are these players and these assistant coaches. I mean, think about this. We went through the season, or they did, with six games. Half of the season, your head coach is not there. And they still found a way to win some big games. So, great job by Jim in, in Michigan, but these players and assistant coaches did a phenomenal job. Welcome to the conference, Washington. That's what Big Ten football looks like, like right, Dave? I mean, they, they ran all over Washington, 300 rushing yards. Blake Corum, he, he definitely uh, did what he needed to do. J.J. McCarthy, I just think Michigan, old school football, that was a commercial for Smash Mouth old school football. You know what, David? I got fired for running offenses like that. You know? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, think about it. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And, uh, you know, it, it goes back to that, uh, you know, you, you got to throw the ball to score enough points, but you run the foot. You got to be able to run the football to win games and close games out. And I think that was a great example of it. Um, you know, they, they schematically – uh, they they obviously the plays were were different on offense, but defensively is what I was really impressed with because against Alabama, you know they think about this they sacked Alabama six times they had ten tackles for losses which is hits in the backfield against running plays, uh, so they came into the Alabama game a week ago and it was pressure 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 this week against Washington they did a kind of three sixty for the most part defensive change and they rushed. For the majority, four guys, different four guys, and they played coverage where they weren't going to let these receivers get behind them. So it is great, another great job uh, schematically also from this team. Yeah, you know, I, I, I loved how the offensive line dominated that game, and I loved how the defensive line dominated that game. And, and I, I think when you – watched it obviously Michigan running the heck out of the ball and and the uh the old uh, Wilson enema thing uh it was very apparent but god they beat up Michael Penix I mean that guy at the end of the game 
He looked like he should be ambulanced out of that stadium, not uh, <laughs> carried. I, you know, it was going through my mind, and, and I'm serious. And, and, hey, last week he was going to be a top-five pick, okay? After his game against Texas and the numbers he put up uh, were incredible. And after this game, I kept thinking to myself, it's December, you're outside in Soldier Field, you're our quarterback, and you have a day getting hit like Justin Fields had last week. Is this guy going to be physically tough enough to survive that? I mean, that's a big deal in my mind. And uh, now he will, but uh, no, he he was beat up last night, and um, yeah, body language was not uh, was was not. He'll have to he'll have to get his body language done a little bit coming to the next level because that didn't look good. Dave, the natural question I think comes out of uh, the national championship game is that Jim Harbaugh has done everything he can in Michigan. He has obviously left the door open to returning to the NFL. You know him. I said the Bears have got to at least explore the possibility. That's due diligence to find out if he would be coming back, if they could afford him, if he's even interested. How would you pursue this or handle the situation if you're Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren? Well, I, I would. Um, uh, I don't know how much. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if there's a relationship. And, and number one, you know, I don't know what Jim's looking for in an NFL opportunity uh, from the standpoint of when I say that, I'm talking about from a standpoint of control you know, with the team, uh, the draft, trades, you know, on and on, uh, the salary cap. You know, how much does Jim want to be involved in that stuff? I have no idea about that. So that would be the first question that, that I'm sure he would bridge and uh, – but I don't think the Bears are in play. I, I don't. I really don't think so. You know, I do think he's going to look at some NFL options. You know, think about this now. He never had an agent in all the contracts that he's done up to this point, including Michigan. Michigan has made him a contract extension. So here's the offer. It's on the table. I know what I have with them. I, I know my situation. I, I know my athletic director. I know my president, on and on and on. Why would if you go and hire an agent who's a quote NFL guy, uh, you know who Tom Brady, you know he was Tom Brady's agent. That's a clear message to me that I'm hiring this guy because I want him to start investigating my opportunities or potential opportunities to go to the NFL. So he's definitely looking into it. We can all say that for a fact. Uh, if he was going to stay at Michigan, he'd just sign this contract and, and take a couple weeks off vacation and let's get ready for you know spring practice and recruiting. He's not going to do that. But what he's looking for and what these NFL owners are willing to give up to him, uh, that is the question. All right, Dave, we're going to take a quick time out. We're going to come back and we'll talk about Black Monday and uh, the Bears season ending and takeaways from – from Green Bay and, and what now? And we'll uh, we'll do that next. It's Mully and Haw on the score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here 
on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 